This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning, Rabbi Yisrael. Shalom Aleichem. We're continuing now um, in the second share on the Parsha. This is what we call the Imponderables on Parshas Shemais. I have a few uh, questions that maybe you could help me out with. And I, I know this is your favorite time of the week. So here we go. In Perak Aleph Pasuk Yud, the Mitzram said, "Vehaya kisikrena milchama v'noisaf gamhu al soyneinu." And when war will happen, the Jews will be added to our enemies. What is this mysterious war that Paroi was afraid of? Who are these unnamed enemies? that the Pharaoh was afraid of. We don't find uh, that any war ever happened. We don't find the enemy. So actually, in all honesty, I happen to have read last week that many of the ancient uh, monuments that were built in Egypt were built on their southern border to sort of ward off and to inspire fear into the enemy lurking in the south. But, you know, the Torah doesn't tell us about what this war the Mitzrayim were afraid of and who their enemy was. Next, Rashi learns, V'cha'asher Ya'aneh Oisoi Kein Yerbeh V'chein Yifreitz Perak Aleph Pasuk Yud Beis. The Pasuk says, V'cha'asher ye'anu o'isai ke'in yirbev, ke'in yifreitz. And in accordance with what they afflicted him, so too he increased and he proliferated. Rashi says, as the more the Mitzrim put to their heart to afflict us, God put in His heart to increase us. And I'm bothered by the following question. Why didn't Rashi learn the Pasuk Kipshutai? Not that as much as the Mitzrim put in their heart to afflict us, Hashem put in His heart to increase us. Why is this all focused on what the Mitzrim were thinking and what God thought? Why doesn't Rashi just learn in accordance with what the Mitzrim did afflict us, God increased us. Why is Rashi interpreting the Pasuk referring to what was in the heart of the Mitzrim and what was in the heart of Hashem? Now when Moshe said to Dasa and Maviram, Rasha, Lama Sakariyecha, so Dasa and Maviram said, Hey, are you going to kill us with words like you killed the Mitzri? How did Dasan Va'aviram know that Moshe killed the Mitzri with the Shem HaMafayrash? But the Pasuk says, Va'yifen koi v'chai. Moshe turned in both directions. Va'yar He saw nobody was watching. So nobody was watching. How did Dasan Va'aviram know? Now according to the Medrash that Rashi brings, that Moshe looked both ways and he saw there was no man, meaning he looked into the future of this 
a Mitzri and Esau, nobody was going to convert. So it doesn't mean that Moshe looked both ways to make sure nobody was there. So, okay, maybe Dasan Avirim was there watching. But according to the shot that he saw, there was no man there, and nobody was watching, so then how did Dasan Avirim know? What Moshe Beno looked, and he thought nobody was looking, and really somebody was looking? Moshe didn't do a good job looking? Okay. Paragimel, Pasuk Tes, Enyod. The Pasuk says... And now, behold, the outcry of the Jewish people came to me. Usually, viata means tshuva. And then, posecute, viata, lecha. Why viata, viata? Two times. What's, what's the now, now? And then a little bit further, Hashem says to Moshe, I will be that I will be. So you should say to Bnei Yisrael, I will be sent you. And then, Vayoymer oida loikim Moshe. Hashem said further to Moshe. Why does it have to say again? Vayoymer loikim. He still just, he could continue talking. Why does it have to, Bechlal say Vayoymer loikim. Why does it have to say Vayoymer oida loikim. What's all the drama over here? Another interesting question. Why is everybody dying in Parsha Shemais and but it doesn't mean that they died? So when it says Vayamas Melech Mitzrayim, Rashi said, No, he didn't really die, he became a Mitzrayim. And when Hashem says, Come back to Egypt because all the men who wanted to kill you died, Rashi said, No, they didn't really die, they just became poor. Everyone in the Parsha is not really dying. But earlier on, when it talks at the maidservants of the of Basia, it says they were going, and Rashi says, even though it doesn't say they were dying, they died. <laughs> On the Pasik Bani Bakhairi Yisrael, it says the Rashi brings a Medrash that here Hashem signed away, he signed of the birthright that Yaakov Inu bought from Esav. Beni b'chayri Yisrael. Yaakov's my b'char. Yaakov is entitled to the b'char. Here God is signing on the birthright. What? Why now? Why is God signing on the birthright in the conversation to the Pharaoh? What does Paro got to do with this? Yaakov's not alive. Esav's not alive. Moshe is talking to Paroi, and now God's signing away on the birthright. Perhaps, perhaps we could say, you know, the Gra writes in the commentary to the Safra Ditzniusa that when the Nachash made Adam sin, he brought on Adam ten curses. And he did it with trickery. So when Yaakov Avinu took the birthright from Esav, he got the ten blessings, and he sort of reversed the ten curses of the Nachash. And that's why Yaakov had to do it with trickery. The Pharaoh, our sages teach us, the Shalak Kaddish writes, was the embodiment of the Nachash. The Tanim Hagadal. 
And he also tricked us into our labor in Egypt. And he wanted us to go back to the ten curses of the, of the Nachash. So therefore, when Paro, the Nachash, is repeating his iniquity, so God said, All right, I had enough of this guy. I hereby sign away that the brachos belong to Yaakov. Okay. One more question. Rashi tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu did not circumcise his son, a serpent came along. And... Anachash came, swallowed him up to his hip, and then spit him out, and then swallowed him up to his up to the Mila. Says Rashi, ah, so Tsipira understood it was because of the Mila. Question why didn't Moshe understand it was because of the Mila? I mean Moshe Rabbeinu made a Khajvan Rashi said to give him Mila now we'll have to wait three days to go back to Egypt. To give a Mila later, God told me to go to Egypt. Uh, To give a Mila later is the only option. He said, uh, for me to give him a Mila, it will be Sakana. To wait three days, I can't wait. So why was he punished? Because he was Oisek in the hotel first. So the question is, why did only Tzipira recognize that it was because of the Mila and Moshe Rabbeinu didn't? It seems like, because Moshe Rabbeinu made a valid cheshben, he cannot give the kid a Mila now, because then it's going to delay him going to Mitzrayim three days. And he has no choice but, but to delay the Mila. And when he was swallowed up to the Makamah Mila, he still didn't hold that that was a valid reason for him to be punished. As Rabbi Yossi says, he was punished because he was Oisek in the Maloin first. But Sipira must have realized something Moshe didn't. And that is because he was Oisek in the Maloin first, before, that means he put his own needs ahead of the needs of Hashem, that then required him, well once you're busy with your own stuff, you got to do the Mila first. But it's interesting, this was a Cheshvain that Moshe Rabbeinu made, and Sipira, uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to make, apparently, and Sipira did. Okay, um, these are some of the Impandrils and Parshas, Shemais, we're going to now have a short share on tefillah um, momentarily. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.